Good morning. It is good to be together this morning. It is a beautiful day, as has already been said. A few weeks ago, we turned our clocks back, and apparently we turned the weather forward. It feels like January already, but we are thankful for your attendance this morning and for the opportunity to be together. Uh, as Sister Vicki said in our class this morning, it's good to be together all day. Uh, there's plenty to be a part of, and we are thankful for that. Uh, for things like baby showers and things like worship and things like uh, elders and deacons and ministers meetings and uh, even like our opportunity to worship at the Side Daisy Healthcare Center for a few moments. If you've not had a, vis a chance to visit uh, or a good reason to visit Buford Brown yet, now you've got one. So you can come over with us at 2 o'clock and we'll see Brother Buford and be together for a few moments together and sing and in encourage those folks there uh, as well as the baby shower and many other things that will be taking place today. It is good to be together. We are thankful that you've chosen to be here this morning, especially as we worship God for a few moments together. It is November 11th, and this is our time of worship, but it is also the time that we are all together, and everybody's kind of the largest crowd we've got. We want to take just a moment and, and say thank you to our veterans. We appreciate so much their hard work. You know, the, the government, the De Department of Defense, defines Veterans Day as the chance that we take to honor all of those who have served our country in war and in peace and both those who are, have died and those who are alive. And we are certainly thankful if you are in our presence this morning and you have served our country, but for many of you who have had family members who have served our country, uh, we are thankful for that, for their service, for your service, even as we continue to pray for our brother Tim and sister Rachel Leslie and others that we know of, family members, we are thankful for the freedoms that we have. And again, as we are here to worship God this morning in particular, and during this time, we want to as well pause for just a moment and say thank you to those who have served and honor them not only today, but in the, the coming days as we take a moment to recognize them. This morning, if you've got your Bible, you may be familiar with Matthew chapter 16. A lot of folks are more familiar with Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. We know that immediately after Jesus promised to build his church, and of course a lot of confusion comes there with what exactly happens with Peter and what's said to him, much of the world sort of uh, misuses that to, to give Peter all kinds of different titles and things. And of course, we don't want to forget what he said, Jesus says here in verse 19. He says, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now again, as we think about Peter here, case someone gets the confusion that Peter has some kind of supremacy or is the head of the church or something along those lines, just a few pages over in your Bible, in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus gives this same set of instructions to all the apostles there. And in fact, we would notice this morning that most of our English translations don't exactly render this set of, of verb tenses here correctly, but the New American Standard says that whatever you bind on earth shall have been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall have been loosed in heaven. That translation a little more accurately depicts for us the idea that the apostles were only to bind and to loose what God had already bound and loosed. Now again, many folks will say that, that they'll give Peter some, some uh, titles here, some things. We don't want to, to misinterpret that. Uh, the, the command is given to all of them, even in chapter 18. But notice as well that, that they are binding and loosing what has already been bound and loosed in heaven. In fact, we, we could go so far to say this morning that no apostle, 
no apostle, no preacher, no elder, no deacon, or, or anyone in particular has the right to bind or to loose anything that God has not already bound or loose. Now, the, the prayer that we would pray this morning in conjunction with that, the idea that we would put forth is, may God grant us the wisdom to properly ascertain what God has truly bound and loose. Now, if you've got your bulletin in front of you and you're following along with the outline, or if you maybe caught the, the video that was posted on Facebook in the last couple of days, the preacher may be stepping out on the limb when he throws these two words up on the screen sometimes. If the bulletin asks if you're a liberal or a conservative, that's a little dangerous ground to tread on, some might say. But it's interesting, and I asked this question on the, the short video we put out to kind of try to preview the sermon a little bit, but I asked the question, there's probably something that comes to your mind when you see these words used. Of course, again, in the political climate that we live in today, that would probably be one of the main ways that these words are used. You see, if I put a picture up of, of a person, maybe you get a particular idea. And you look at someone and you say, that person is a liberal, or that person is a conservative. And maybe there's some truth behind that, maybe there's not. Maybe we sometimes wear titles, or, or sometimes we get uh, you know, reputation of certain things, and sometimes we throw out words, especially in our political climate, of someone that says they're a liberal or they're a conservative. But, but the political realm is certainly not all that we use that term in. Many of you may not be familiar with the picture of that is there. Yes, it's a cup, but for many people, that's the one cup. Now, as we have already stated this morning in our service, and I'm keeping my water close by, it's that time of year where we like to not share so much. And I'm going to have a sermon sooner or later on why you need to be at church services. But in the next few months, if you are sick, you better not be at church services because we don't want to share. And we take precaution in that because we don't have one cup. But there are people that are called one cuppers. And you might look at them and say something about them. Same time, on the other hand, you might see a picture of a woman standing before an audience, holding a Bible, maybe considered a woman preacher or a preacher, and you might form an idea in your mind of what that means or what that says. And you might throw out words and say, that congregation is liberal, or that congregation is conservative. So we have to be careful sometimes, even when it comes to our politics, and even when it comes to religion, the different terms that we use sometimes. We, we did a lesson on that recently. We talked about hate, if you recall. In our Bible class on Sunday mornings here in Adult Classroom 1, we're talking about love. And we're saying we have to be careful sometimes the way that we use certain terms. Because the world oftentimes misuses them or, or misunderstands them. And so we have to pay attention when we do things like this. For, for many people, uh, a conservative congregation is one that would have a one cup. And they pass that around. Sometimes we call those non-institutional or, or antis, but, but some people would call them conservative. And then at the same time, you may say, well, this conversation is, or this congregation is conservative. And someone else might give a label to another congregation for many other things. It has mechanical instruments of, worship, uh, of music and worship or, or women preachers or, or other things. But as we said a moment ago, may God grant us the wisdom in properly ascertaining what God has truly bound and loose. We want to look at what the Bible has to say about the, this terminology in both extremes. This morning we'll begin with talking about conservative for just a moment. 
Sometimes what people call conservatism may simply be defined as that which binds where God has loosed. See, I told you, if you watch the video, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. We're going to stay away from the politics. Sometimes conservative simply means when someone binds where God has loosed. Again, when we come to congregation sometimes, in our religion, you might say, some people call this non-institutionalism or anti-ism, but it may simply be divine as that which binds where God has loose. And notice this, this morning, and I left the blanks there for you in the outline, this is sinful. This is sinful. A couple of Bible examples for you this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Paul says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Pay attention to verse number 3. Forbidding to marry and uh, commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. This example, to use the term this way, is sinful. In the New Testament, Paul speaks of those who would, in verse 3 again, forbid to marry and command to abstain from foods. Any dietary distinctions, of course, of the old law were done away in Christ. And Christ being nailed to the cross. God created these things to be received with thanksgiving, as Paul says here. And of course, he refers to these teachings back in verse number 1 there in 1 Timothy 4. As deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons speaking lies in hypocrisy. This, of course, does not mean that a person has to eat meat or is required to eat meat as the King James says people are acceptable to God whether they eat vegetables or whether they include meat in their diets we think of well about Romans chapter 14 and verses 1 through 4 where Paul talks about this same thing he says in verse number 2 for one believes he may eat all things but he who is weak eats only vegetables let not him who eats despise him who does not eat and let not him who does not eat judge him who eats for God has received him while there are occasions sometimes that may call for the abstinence of meat to say it is sinful or always sinful to eat meat is sin because it binds where God has loosed we would notice the same thing is true about marriage. Again, 1 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 3 there, it talks about that. But notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, if you've got your Bible, the whole, almost the whole passage here talks about the marriage and this type of thing. But there are occasions when it is best for those who might be scripturally eligible couples not to marry. If you've got your Bible open there, you notice in verse number 26 and 28 of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Verses 26 and 28 that Paul talks about during the present distress. So again, there may be a time where it would be best for a couple not to marry. Maybe this present distress like Paul is talking about here. We mentioned this again in a, 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 lesson, a lesson recently. Paul may have been and probably was possibly scripturally eligible to be married. But can you imagine being married? Not only to someone who travels, but someone as they travel is going to be put in prison and beaten and all these other things. 
Paul says, maybe it's best for me not to marry. However, even during those occasions, Paul said it was not sinful to marry. Notice in verse number 2 and in verse number 9 and 28 and 36 and, and several passages there in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. He said it's not sinful to marry, but maybe possibly there may come a time when it's not best to marry. We do know there are some religions, though, that would forbid marriage for those who would be scripturally eligible couples, which, of course, is sinful because it is binding where God has loose. You know, there are some today who take judgments on matters such as maybe supporting missionaries or orphans. And again, we could go through a whole list of many things of people who would bind these things as if they were God's exclusive pattern. However, God has not bound those judgments. And those who do so as a test of fellowship sinfully, sinfully bind where God has loose. A lot of times when we hear the word conservative, we say, well, I'm a conservative and that's what God wants me to be. Maybe, depending on what you're talking about. But notice, according to these Bible examples, if we are binding where God has loose and we calls that, call that conservative, this is sinful. If God has not bound these judgments, those who do so sinfully bind where God has loose. In the second place this morning, let's take a few moments and look at this word, liberal. Liberal. Sometimes what people may call liberalism may simply be defined as that which looses where God has bound. That someone would loose what, where God has bound. But notice as well this morning, this is sinful. It's easy sometimes to sit here and to, to look at others and to claim that they're, what they're doing is wrong and not look at ourselves sometimes. But it's important to notice on both sides here of this extremism, this is sinful. Again, Bible examples. If you've got your Bible, go all the way, all the way with me back to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 17... When the serpent, Satan, is talking to Eve, he, change, he changes. Maybe there's a little key to what we're talking about here. But he changes what God has said in verse 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. And if you go forward to chapter 3 and verse 4, the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. See, sometimes change comes in very small packages. Sometimes change comes in very small ways. Satan took what God had said, you shall surely die, and changed it into you will not surely die. Now, if you're like me, sometimes I, I get caught up and, and I read really fast and I, I go through it there and I might not even catch what was said. I may not even pay attention that that, that word was slipped in there. But Satan changed that and added just the little word not. And he changed what God had said. If you're still open there, in, in, in verse number 16, God had said, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. And then we go over to chapter 3 and verse number 1. And the serpent, who was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made, said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? 
even before he did what he did there in, in verse number four, when he added not, in verse number one, he feigns or fakes this expression of surprise. You, what do you mean? Are you sure that's what God said? Are you sure that's exactly what God meant when he said that? He changed gods of every tree of the garden you may freely eat into you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And of course, in the end, Satan convinced Eve to loose what God had bound by her eating the fruit in chapter 3 and verse number 6. If you've got your Bible, you might turn almost all the way to the other end, but 2 John and verse number 9, loosing where God has bound can also be summarized in 2 John and verse number 9, where John says, Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. And he even goes on in verse number 10 and 11 to say, If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house, nor greet him. For he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. See, last week we spent several minutes talking about unity and the unity that God desires. He does desire that, that we be unified in Him. And, in, and He does bring the people of the world, so to speak, back together, even as He separates them there at the Tower of Babel. He does bring them back together, so to speak, in His own way, in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. So there's, there's a warning here as well uh, about being careful who we associate with. God desires unity. But when it comes to those who would go outside of the doctrine of Christ, we must be careful who we associate with and how we associate with them. But loosing where God has bound can also be summarized here in 2 John 9. Generally, the verb used here, transgress, means to go beyond the boundaries that God has set. To go beyond the boundaries that God has set. Now certainly, this would include compromising on some of his commands. When people lose God's authority to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to him, and they want to, to add everything else under the sun into the worship service, they're loosing what God has bound. Even as we talked at the beginning of the lesson, when, God, when people loosen God's mandate that he would not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 1 Corinthians 14, we're... Sometimes we're in danger of loosing, and people are in danger of loosing what God has bound. We must be careful when we look at that. We must be careful. Excuse me, I've got my slides off there. We must be careful that we stay exactly in what God has to say about things. You know, there's lessons you've probably heard before about going from one ditch into the other ditch. Even this morning in our Bible class, we talked specifically about finding balance. So much of the world wants to talk about grace and love, and that's part of the Bible. And they say, well, it's not about obedience. And sometimes we jump over on obedience, and we say, well, it's not about God's grace or about love. It's about, about doing what God says. Well, the truth is sometimes found in between. Sometimes we look at people and you say, well, well you're too conservative, or, or you're too liberal, and we start tossing out words and we're not really thinking about exactly what they mean. We must be careful. And we must recognize that sometimes there is a better way. We said again at the beginning of our lesson in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 18. When Jesus is talking there to the disciples. The premise that's given to the apostles there. 
Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And don't forget the, the verb tense there, the force that is used, that has already been bound by God in heaven. He's given us what we need. And what we need to understand this morning is there is a better way. God does not want his people to bind where he is not bound. And he does not want them to loose where he is not loose. We need to stick exactly to what he has said. If you've got your Bible, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 21. I'm reminded there of the words of Paul to those in Thessalonica. It's very simple. And if you're turning there to uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.21, there's a whole lot of very short little burst of things there. A whole lot of very quick things to think about. But Paul says, test all things, hold fast what is good. I don't know if this is going to be earth shattering to you or not. But not everything that you read on Facebook or the internet is true. I know. Sorry to break the news to you. I don't know if everything that you read in the newspaper is new. And I like the newspaper. I don't know if everything you hear on the news is good. I don't know if everything that you hear from your friends and your family members is true. You may not know that everything you hear from me is true. Hold fast what is good. Test all things. The better way is to look at exactly what God has had to say about things. And this morning, instead of thinking about liberal and conservative... Let's look at being biblical. Now, it doesn't mean that we might not still have some discussions. You might call them arguments sometimes. Some things that we need to seriously consider. But let's be careful as well when we toss out terms and words. And we get caught up in things. And it's very easy to get sucked up into using those things and to label all kinds of people. All kinds of different things. And this morning in our class there talking about love, we discussed the fact that we have to identify people by things. You know, you, you go out in the world today and you, you say this person is a man or a woman, they'll get hurt by that, offended. You'll think, what, what? You know you're a man or a woman. I'm just simply identifying you. Yeah, yeah, we can take that too far with things like profiling or racial profiling, those kinds of things. But sometimes we just need to call a spade a spade. Sometimes we just need to call things by what they are. And especially in our life, we need to strive to be Biblical in all things. Look at them, the things the way the Bible has said to look at them. It's not always easy because when we say, when Paul says, test all things, hold fast what is good, that's a little bit of a challenge to you and to me. That you won't take just exactly what Joel says, or Jerry says, or Bill, or Bob, or Carl, or, or any other person under the sun, he or any other human being, but you would take a look at what the Bible has to say about all these things. Are you a liberal or a conservative, or are you biblical? I would say it's a good thing if you're conservative when it comes to your money. It might be a good thing that you're a liberal when it comes to your giving. It would be a good thing for sure this morning if we would all be biblical in everything that we do. This morning as we conclude our lesson, we would be singing in just a moment to encourage you. Not because you've got to come forward to the front pew here and say, I'm a liberal or I'm a conservative. But because maybe there is something that is amiss in your life. A possibility exists in a crowd this size. You are here this morning and you are not a child of God. That's first and foremost. You can't begin to be biblical until you become gospel obedient. And there is not a room of people that would love you more and be more concerned about your soul than those who are gathered here this morning. 
We're gathered here to worship Him. We're gathered here to encourage each other and love one another. And we will be singing to encourage you that you would make that change, that you would put on Christ in baptism, allowing His blood to wash away your sins so the Lord could add you to His church. And, and this day of rejoicing, this day of joy, and the other things that are going on here would be multiplied greatly by seeing someone make that greatest of commitments. Maybe you're here this morning and you've done that, but you've wandered away. Sometimes we feel a little uneasy when we come to this assembly of love and kindness and peace and joy here because we know that there's something wrong in our life. Maybe you're here this morning and we'll be singing in just a moment to encourage you if you need to come back to Him and admit there is something wrong. Again, we, we oftentimes we stand, we sing, we ask you to come to the front pew. It's not so that we can point and laugh. It's so that we can welcome you and receive you and pray for you and with you, that you would have the forgiveness that you need, that God would forgive you as He has promised to do so that you can walk in the light as He is in the light, that we can continue to show the love together here and to the world, what God has done for us and in us. Maybe you're here this morning and you're struggling with many other things. So many things affect us in this life. We've already had a long list of those who are sick and shut in and those who are facing various trials read before us. Maybe, maybe you need the prayers of this congregation. And we would, again, gladly pray for you and with you. But it takes a change on our part to recognize what we are and what we're doing. And if we are not in line with the Word of God, that we would make a change, whether it means becoming a Christian or coming back to Him. We'll be singing to encourage you as we stand together and as we sing.